Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Intermean, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Brian Brushwood. Yodely, yodely, yo. Brian, not wait for his name to be called. Mm-hmm. Jump to wherever he wants Brushwood. Mm-hmm. I, I think I did wait until my name was called and I responded at an appropriate time. Yes. I stand corrected. <laughs> you were talking about another thing, but that's okay. No, that was pre-show. There was a pre-show yeah. thing. This is why you have to watch live. Otherwise, you miss it. Yeah. Exactly. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello, everybody. So, gentlemen, uh, today or this week, it's actually kind of a pretty big deal. I think this just happened yesterday. And that would be the first paying passenger on board Virgin Galactic. Yeah. Did you know? Did and, they go or did they pay? They, they went. They went, Brian. They, okay. they went. All right. Yeah. They <laughs> because, went. Yeah. yeah. Because Brian's like all of a sudden going, hmm, I could have the first paying passengers for Brushwood Aerospace. Right, exactly. Who wants to be the first person to buy a ticket to Jupiter? <laughs> I'm selling them now. <laughs> I can imagine Brian in the backyard. You've got like a trailer with some seats built on it. And you're explaining to people like, we're going to get some engines. Yeah. We're going to build this out a bit. Let me tell you about the craft beer selection. That's going to be amazing on your trip. <laughs> so how many people went up? Is it a one-person thing, a whole crew? No, because remember, the the they're using, uh, I think, Spaceship 2, I forget what they're, what they're calling it, but basically they need to have a pilot and I think a co-pilot. So there are two pilots on the space plane and two on the carrier plane. So it takes a total of four pilots. And then as far as passengers... I guess they they flew some Italian Air Force officers. Okay. So uh, so so it's like a like uh, a six stag, people a stag party. Yeah, uh, and obviously you know the backdrop of this in terms of the national and international conversation is around extreme tourism, the tragedy that happened with the uh, the, Titan, the Seagate uh, Titan sub. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Virgin Galactic is a company that's been around and very very public for a lot longer. Uh, than that, and and we have seen a lot of trips uh, that 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 they have made. But the promise of space tourism, once something thought to be the primary economic driver of space exploration, uh, now damn near a decade after we've been uh, uh, <laughs> driving the price down on reusable rockets, seems to have cashed its first check, which is pretty cool. Well, yeah, there's been well. Blue Origin's been catching some of those. You remember the, the Starship, excuse me, Spaceship One yeah, first flew right. something like 20 the years ago. SpaceX so then, prize. Then, then, okay, so... Uh, or, sorry, I, I sorry, must uh, have, uh, uh, X Prize. X Prize, yeah. I, I must have misinterpreted the, the setup then. So this is notable because it's just the first time that Virgin Galactic has done it? Yes. The first okay. time the leaguered Virgin Galactic's done it. Gotcha. Okay, so this is... Yeah, no, I mean, they've talked about doing this. I mean, geez, I remember when we were doing uh, iTrix that uh, uh, this was yeah. a constant conversation that they were going to do something with Copperfield uh, uh, to promote space tourism. And he was going to you know, go up into space and do some trick with the moon or like make the moon disappear or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I stole your moon. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, that, that's how long, I mean, we're, we're talking about 
oh six oh seven that they were that they were beating the drum about yep. space tourism. Yeah, so it's been been a long time. People have been waiting for this. You know, they were selling tickets and stuff to this a long you know ages ago. I think they're one of the first credible launch providers and credible in that they actually had a vehicle to sort of offering this. But getting to the point where they felt they could take people up, they had a tragic accident before. They've had a test stand accident. They've had you know a lot of issues along the way. Um, I would say the difference between this and like what happened to Ocean Gate and the Titan sub was the Titan sub. There, there has been some deep submersibles around for you know, almost a hundred years and really, really deep, deep stuff since like the Trieste, which is like sixty years now, almost sixty years ago. We've had a pretty solid understanding of the science of that, and that was a case where they're like, yeah, we're going to ignore that. We're going to do our own thing. Where everybody else is like, no, you can't ignore this. Like, this is like real. And they did it anyways. And then they had a tragedy happen. Where this and, and, is, and, and, and specifically, we were talking about the carbon, carbon fiber, fiber hull. Right? Yeah, exactly. That, that, yeah, that was, the, that was the biggest was, thing, that it wasn't iron, it wasn't steel, and they were not doing repeated testing on it to, to see how it would hold up. It, it was carbon fiber. And eventually what happened is what many people were fearful would happen with a carbon fiber hull, which is, yeah. And we don't, we assume that we assume yes, that and, we do. And there, we do. There, are two, there are two points of failure. One was the carbon fiber hull itself. The other one was the port window, which was not rated for that depth. You use carbon fiber in things where you don't want rigid. You want a certain amount of flexibility, generally speaking. Um, use carbon fiber on wings. Why? Because when a plane has vibrations, you don't want a solid medium. That it just basically because that creates fractures. With carbon fiber, the little they can have, they can take a little bit of stress. And yeah, said so with the carbon fiber, it can build up a lot of cracks over time. I don't know. If, do do we know how much they? Uh, I guess that's this. It's a longer thing to to litigate it. But how much testing was done on carbon on a carbon fiber? You know how much it can. Uh, withstand because if if it before it well i think fails. the part part of what the problem was is that uh there was no testing after it had gone down a few times and that uh, in the words of james cameron he said that this is an insidious problem in that it can lull you into a false sense of security uh by going down successfully several times which it did but you never know when that bill is going to come due. At least that's the fear with a carbon fiber hull. We'll, we'll obviously continue to find out exactly what happened with this. And then on top of that, you have the layer that the um, uh, the CEO appeared to have a bit of bravado when he said flippantly stuff like, that's the nice thing about doing stuff in international waters. Nobody can tell you no. Right. They uh, told me not to do this, but I did it and we're making it work. Well, I, I, that works as long as you're alive, buddy. Old sideshow stunt. You take a cinder block, put it on your head, sledgehammer smashes it. Uh, the, the, the trick, the secret is that every time you slam it, there are thousands and thousands of imperceivable microfractures that happen. And that is the bulk of the energy being absorbed. Uh, and, damaging the structural integrity of of the brittle nature of of the the brick and then finally you know on the fourth or fifth hit you get a very impressive all of a sudden it crumbles all down mm -hmm. at once and that's the visual that 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 people hold on to and so likewise it's 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 uh essentially that seems to be a version of what the operating theory is uh, on this vessel yeah. is every time it went down successfully it looked like nothing happened but thousands and thousands of micro fractures got to a place where suddenly it was brittle enough I, that all at once it, it imploded. 
We saw a great example of that when Elon Musk demonstrated the Cybertruck. Mm, yes. Oh, that's the, right. The, uh, yeah. Famous, the because, famous shatterless because they window. practice it a few times. Yeah, they hit they hit the door panel with that mat with the, the sledgehammer a couple times. Then they threw the steel ball. And I'm watching this, and you know, in magic, like Brian, like yeah, we work a lot with glass and stuff, and you realize things about micro fractures breaking. Like there's like a lamination layer. There's these little things that happen. I remember they went pound pound. I'm like, that's not going to be good. I don't care what your material is, and they threw the steel ball, and it cracked. I'm like, of course it cracked after that because you created all those. You basically broke this broke the barrier that was keeping the rest of it from cracking God, what a what a what a legendary moment both both for <laughs> <laughs> both uh whether you're laughing at or laughing with uh it is very impressive that elon musk is the type of person to just shrug and be like I don't know. Try it again. <laughs> yeah, it was really. And then something. he does. Yeah. And then he does. Let's sell t-shirts. Now they have a t-shirt. I have the t-shirt for that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, here's our car. <laughs> so congrats to Virgin Galactic. We talked about before uh, some of the struggle. I think it was a Virgin Orbit was having a lot of trouble. They, yeah, they did bankruptcy. Um, some of the other version really advanced projects are, you know, facing some challenges, but you know, it's, it's, you know, congrats to them because it's space, they reach space. And I think, um, as far as, you know, reusability and whatnot, like, you know, you have new shepherd, which blue origins rocket, which will mm-hmm. that, that did have a blow up, but just as a cargo, but that is a, basically essentially a fully reusable system for going that can reach not orbit, but can reach, you know, the Carmen line. And this is another one that can reach space and, you know, by all accounts is fully reusable. And so, you know, that's so very uh, uh, impressive, but because it's suborbital, you know, one thing we don't, we, we, I don't think we've spent much time talking about this, but it's like suborbital implies you didn't make it all the way around the planet. Where does it take off from and where does it land? Would well, you talk about this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, or anytime, oh, the, anytime there's a suborbital flight, like where? Yeah, I mean, they go, they, they do the Mojave because remember, these things, they're going pretty much essentially straight up like 62 miles. So, they're not going very far away. Like, like these things land back pretty close to where they took off from because they're, you know, oh, they're get, not. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so I, I, you know what? I don't know why I never really thought about that. I always thought of suborbital, like we made it most away around the earth. Just no, not quite orbital, but, no, but, no. but, but we're talking about pretty much straight up and then, then a pencil, come on down. pencil drop, right, right back. And, down. and in this case, because of the shuttlecock design, you know, they're just going to steer towards the landing strip yeah. close to where they took off. Yeah. I mean, these things, Brian, like they don't, I don't no, no disrespect towards them, but like these things are barely supersonic. They go maybe 790 miles per hour to go orbital. You need to go 22,000 miles per hour. Wow. Mm. Okay. So, so it, 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 that, that this is, is a big difference. Yeah. This is closer to the experience of, oh, not even like one of those Estes, home model rockets that goes straight straight up and then parachutes down uh, yeah, it's, I, mean, it's, can, I would say more impressive than that yeah your mileage may be. <laughs> <laughs> but you you could build i mean you could build they talk about things called sounding rockets you know hobbyists can build things that can get go suborbital you know you can 
you could, in theory, you could build a rocket that can do a lap around the moon and never reach orbital velocity. Well, I, I, I'll tell you the most remarkable part of this is the fact that they, they crossed the Kármán line, and it's, it's a stark reminder that Andrew Maine promised that SpaceX was going to cross the Kármán <laughs> line and then <laughs> land safely. <laughs> Pies, 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 pies. When is that happening? I, I, I've got the pies in front of me now, guys. No, 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 no. Why didn't we bring pies to his surprise birthday party? Why did you? That would have been the perfect moment. You should have him right at his surprise birthday party. A couple of geniuses there. No, that's it. Oh, I know. I'm not going to tell you who, Andrew, but I know somebody else that lives in your house. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to text her to make it happen. That's the terrifying thing, is she would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, surprise! <laughs> so, uh, so do we know like when uh, when Galact- Virgin Galactic is going to do this again? Like, is it going to be another 15 years <laughs> before they do it again? Uh, well, hopefully it'll be sooner. Hopefully they feel like they've got everything worked out. Yeah. You know, the, it, it's a very, that my, my, my note about this is initially the spaceship one and spaceship two sounded like kind of a really cool platform. Now that, you know, here we are, it is 2023 and we're looking at kind of the current state of things. It's like, man, like, I don't I don't know what the lifespan of this thing is going to be. Like, if a starship is up and running in four or five years, yeah. you know, what's the longevity of spaceship two? Well, I guess the question is, how cheap can they get it? Right? It's like, like it's amazing to look at that as as the question, but it's like now that would be the commodity way to get to space. <laughs> That's like the well, the, the, if, uh, but I don't. Again, I mean. I'm not up to date on the latest version of this, but those engines they use are essentially like Estes rocket engines. They're basically right. just the whole engine yeah. burns up. If oh I, wow! If, if so I, so so that is a more expensive that. So now it would be a a, a bespoke way to get to space. And uh, yeah. if I remember correctly, the the fuel is straight up rubber. It's like old tires, and it just burns out from the inside, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nitrous oxide, hydroxyl terminated polybutadiene, and all the fun stuff that goes with that. So and all the other right, ba- bands rubber. playing at Coachella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, how long until, oh, <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, fashionably in fashion, sometimes something's very cool and cutting edge and then it's embarrassingly embarrassing, but then fad. it becomes cool because it's, you know, so, so in an age where SpaceX does appear to uh, be about to make going to space about as sexy as taking a commercial jet airliner in the next 10 years or so, uh, does, does this become kind of like, yeah, but you haven't really gone to space unless you've done. I mean, if, a- if, if, if anyone's going to lux it up, it's going to be Richard, Richard Branson. Branson. Yeah. You know, yeah, he yeah. is, he is somebody that, that is well-versed in the creature comforts, but I, I do think that this particular situation is a little daunting even for him. You know, it, it took a lot to get this thing up. Uh, it is not an expense. It is not something for which the more you do it, it becomes less expensive. Right. Uh, I I could see Branson 
Branson is a very likable, charismatic, personable person that everybody respects. I could see a version of where he might just go to SpaceX and say, hey, uh, let's do, you know, Virgin Galactic chartered versions of this. Let me help yeah. make the really fancy version of this because it is going to be like I, that's the problem with this and the problem with New Shepard is the cost when you're, you're paying like a quarter. Like they, you, know, you look at these projections and I've been in this following this industry for a while. And you're like, oh, yeah, we figure it's going to be 250000 per person. I'm like, how many people in the world? Yes, there's X number of people who have that money. After the 100th person does it, do you want to pay $250,000 to do it? Well, yeah. And yeah. on top of that, uh, you're right, because uh, let's let's and this is a hypothetical framework. Please don't pin me down on it. But but it's like, let's say um, SpaceX cracks the engineering um, do you want to go to a restaurant run by engineers? It's like, I understand why the one-star review, uh, they sat down, they ordered 2,000 calories, we put the proto-pudding on their plate, and they ate it. Why, why the one-star review? And then you get Richard Branson, who understands like you know what the luxury experience should look and feel like. Uh, I agree, Like as a kind of a subcontracted thing, I, I I would pay extra for the Richard Branson approved version of that going is to space. also if he, depending on how long he wants to stay in this game. You know, he is a serial entrepreneur that's done a million different things. Sure. So, you know, it just might be a thing where like, hey, look, we, we set out for a goal to do it. We did it. Like, let's figure out our, our uh, uh, what we owe to people and then maybe space two. Can, can, can we call out the, the really weird part that, they don't even allow carry-ons on this flight. Jesus. It's super messed up. Jeez, Louise. You want to know what, Brian? Mm. That was awkward. What but What was? That joke. But you want to know what's not awkward? <laughs> Going Segway. to patreon.com. It wasn't, wasn't until you said that. I mean. <laughs> well, you want to know what? Here's something else that I'm saying. Uh, Go to patreon.com <laughs> slash weird things. Okay. Because with a seamless segue, I can bring us <laughs> to where you can get your After Things podcast earlier than anyone. You can support this show and you can make sure that the three of us have a good time on a Friday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Kicking back. That's why our slogan is Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> That's what we say to you on a Friday. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? You'll find out <laughs> when you go to patreon.com slash weird things. When weird. somebody solves the puzzle of our ARG, then let us know. <laughs> Just enter your credit card directly to <laughs> patreon.com slash weird things. Please do. Well... One thing I haven't seen Richard Branson actually make, Brian, that mm. uh, is, is a serial, as a serial entrepreneur, to play upon that pun further. You would think that he would have done that at some point. A, like a serial, like a like a, a breakfast train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that is pretty good. Honey bunches of virgins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no regret. No regret on Bryce's no, face and, after and saying that. <laughs> Stone Cold. I didn't name it. He named it. He's going to get all, the last use of his powers here. Where the clock is ticking down. I got to get him out. I'm, I'm throwing him under the door like Indiana Jones. Get him in, get him in, get him in. Maine, are you going to go see Dial of Destiny? Uh, yeah, I plan to. I'm a big James Mangold fan. Yeah. No, I like Mangold. <laughs> and end of sentence. <laughs> I haven't heard. I forgot it was coming out. Uh, it's our yeah. It's it out, came out it's last out, night. It's out now. Yeah. 
uh, uh, I made uh, seven million dollars. Yeah, it's a preview night, right? Yeah, I oh, know that's good. Seven millions. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's do a little after things and our weird things here. Because I was thinking about this, where I, I went last night to go see another film. My my sister in law, my Indian sister in law, she is producer of what's uh, uh, the biggest movie in India right now, which is uh, Satya Prem Ki Katha, uh, which is this you know kind of very interesting love story. It's got a little bit of a complicated twist to it, which makes it different. So we went to go see that last night, and mm-hmm. I walked by and I saw that Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny was playing, and I knew that it was coming out, but like I, and it's not just this like I I saw the trailer and it looked fine to me. I I wasn't you know I wasn't I wasn't excited like when I saw the trailer for Last Crusade when all of a sudden Sean Connery pops up as his father. Yeah, like, that was just like that was like oh cool. I really want to see how that plays out, and I think that's. One of the things I think in a sequel to me as a writer, I think about you, you don't just say, Hey, here's this and this again, you go, there's this plus this now, you know, for, uh, Godfather two was like, Hey, what happens when you're on top and now your enemy is world governments, you know, meanwhile, we'll tell you what happened before. Like, Oh, Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. Cause it was the dual. It was the story of him on the son on top and the father from the bottom. Like, like exactly. you, were, you were telling parallel stories. Yeah, a guy that wants to be president, you know, and a guy that just wants to feed his family. Those stories told was great. Empire Strikes Back was like, okay, you have these rebels, you have an empire, you could have thought it was over. What if the empire was so much more powerful than you imagined? What if they were, what if the stardust, what if what you saw was a minor skirmish? You know, the, the Death Star was a big deal, but that wasn't everything. And they had even bigger stardust stories, you know, bigger forces. Yeah, it was a much bigger battle than you thought. I'm like, that was amazing. That was just such a great like way they set the stakes up for that. Uh, I'll go you know, go Dark Knight. Batman Begins is like, hey, what if you're like got uh, a uh, mental health issues and you're really rich <laughs> and you live in you know a crime ridden city? You know, you become the Batman. And then Dark Knight is like, yeah, what happens after you know several years of being the Batman and what happens to you and what is the world like where people are like, oh, shoot, I can put on a costume and like go do crazy stuff. So anyhow, my point is, like, I think really, really good sequels make you go, oh, not oh, the same. You go, oh, that's that's going to be a very different twist. And I think Marvel Really had a good code, had a really good you know kind of formula for a while, which was, you know, like Thor Ragnarok. Part of what made Thor Ragnarok was, hey, here's Thor. Cool. And also, by the way, the Hulk's in it, too. Oh, my yeah. God, that sounds really cool. You know, the Spider-Man movies, you know, uh, Spider-Man, you know, Homecoming is we get a hey, Spider-Man plus Iron Man. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so. Did you feel any up for Dial of Destiny? Is my long, my long uh, as much as I like Fleabag, I was not particularly enthralled with uh, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge uh, uh, being part of it, especially because the stuff that I really, really like her for as an actress, I don't think are the kind of things that necessarily would be in a Indiana Jones movie. Although maybe they are, uh, they just weren't uh, uh, displayed in the trailer. Uh, I think I don't know. There's just so much of what goes into that franchise that I don't know if even the people who've made the movie have really unpacked why they were awesome beyond, or even just calculating for the idea of like, 
hey, Harrison Ford was a raw, uncontrollable charisma machine in the 80s. And like, if you tell these cool stories around this dude and, and have colorful characters, and you're also directed by peak Steven Spielberg, then like these movies are awesome. Like they, they are really cool. Uh, even the ones that aren't perfect have things that are iconic uh, or the one that wasn't perfect, you know, the uh, temple, like, you know, that, that, that is derided as, as one that is not as good as the other two, but still is amazing and has the, uh, these iconic moments. And I don't know if, anyone in the two movies that have come by, although I have not seen the, the, this most recent one have really unpacked like, okay, let's boil it down to the elements. What do we need to dial up? What's the coolest Indiana Jones story we can possibly tell. And I, I don't think that it's just Indy. We got one last mission for you because then it's kind of like lethal weapon and like lethal weapons. Great. But like, it's not, well, and and, and uh, to the lethal weapon discussion thread, um, <laughs> things we love about Indiana Jones, he can take a punch and keeps on getting up. We don't love the idea of him saying, I'm getting too old for this. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what we identify with that character. Well, or if you're going to do that, you know, I, I think that there would be a a possibility to put another super like raw charisma machine next to Indiana Jones and tell a story about that. Right. Like, you know, that's the thing that was really, really great about Top Gun Maverick is like you had other super aggressive, charismatic people that were next to Tom Cruise. So you knew with Maverick, you're like, Oh, okay. I can see in a modern world, where he stacks up. And now it's not necessarily his cockiness that is getting him uh, through this adventure. Like it was it's in the original competence. one. It's his competence and it's his confidence and his nurturing, right? That he has to learn how to be mirroring the first movie, mirroring his ability that he needs to connect more with his, with his, you know, the other people in, in the Top Gun Academy. Like now he has to be a father figure to these uh, younger uh, uh, pilots. And that's, that's part of the cool story, and they've never really wanted to do that. They had somebody that was very much against kind of type with Shia LaBeouf in Crystal Skull, and now it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which is like, again, nothing against either of those two talents. There's things that both of them have done that I've absolutely loved, but it's not, you know, a Chris Hemsworth or a Chris Pine or anybody yeah. that you would think if you were going to recast Indiana Jones, you would you would cast as. Yeah, I think I think that for me, if you're to ask me to pitch it, you know, the story I would do like Indiana Jones versus, you know, he's had tons of students and some of these students may have become famed archaeologists in their own right. Some of them may have followed a good path, maybe some involved a bad path. And then I would have like a Chris Hemsworth or somebody play a former student and it's him in a race against him. Yeah. You know, and, and a, a person that I'd go, I would watch this person in their own movie. You know, I would watch I would watch Sean Connery in his own DNA Jones movie. And like like I think people are rich. I'd watch her in a serious archaeological drama. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but but here was just sort of a different a different, you know, fit. But I don't know. I mean, again, I have to see it and see it. But like I think that's man, like that was the opportunity I thought would be like, oh, let's take, you know, Robert Downey Jr. as this yeah. sort of evil version of Indiana Jones. 
Yeah, or somebody that's yeah, complicated, and then you put a third yeah. kind of, uh, uh, you know, you throw some Nazis, sprinkle some Nazis on top, and... and uh, uh, Everything goes good with Nazis. Yeah, well, figure, and, figure it out in the third act. Well, it, uh, in the first movie, Nazis were part of the background. They, they had a, a, a decently prominent role, but you didn't see the full force of them at the time. Second movie completely backs away from Nazis and so on. Third movie is like, what if we went all the way into the heart, you know, up to the point of Adolf Hitler signing a scrapbook or yeah. whatever. Uh, but, but after that, I mean, every time you press a storytelling button like that, you get less of a, of, 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 of a feel good juice well, but, out of it. But also it's like the coolest thing about the Nazis and Raiders of the Lost Ark was that they were into God weapons. Yes. Right. Like yes. it wasn't, Nazi stuff. It was like, or regular Nazi stuff. It was like, oh, esoteric, uh, Hitler, exotica. Yeah, Hitler watches Infowars, and he believes that <laughs> you know a god weapon is real, and so now that's a thing. Also, that he's quite, right. Yeah, that's and and also he's right. You know, and and so that gets you into a lot of the coolest elements of Indiana Jones, and this is something that I do think degrades over time, which is Indiana Jones is the atheist in a world where God is real. And, and is he, confirmed as real. Not only God, all the gods are all real. All the gods are and real, And they right? just keep confirming it again and again. Every hayseed in a trailer park is 100% right about aliens capturing them and probing their butts. And that's uh, the thing. is, It's like, at a certain point, how many times can Indiana Jones roll out of bed and be like, none of this is real? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel some of that with the Marvel stuff. Like, the Marvel Universe says all gods are real <laughs> like the yeah, literally, just, they, they literally all, got them all together all in the last star movie yeah. yeah um which is strange it mean it just seems like uh in a world where especially for like those bombastic any bombastic uh popcorny movie you want to go big and big and big and big well how do you go bigger than gods well this is my thing what? with with marvel when they first announced the idea of doing secret war the coolest part about it is that everybody gets together, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I can just imagine the moments in this. And we've joked about like the moment where they will introduce She-Hulk and and Deadpool, the two characters that constantly like break the meta. fourth wall, yeah. right? Uh, uh, you can imagine the moment when Chris Hem or uh, 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 Chris Evans. Captain America meets Chris Evans, the human torch from yeah. the other movie. Like same actor, these, two different roles, all yeah. these different things. And like, it appears that by the time that we get to whatever the secret war movie is going to be in like, won't be much seven of a years, secret. Well, like, we're going to have seen every version of it. Like we've, we've already seen all the Spider-Men together where, I mean, uh, if you believe some of the stuff that's coming out about the Deadpool movie, that's another one of these, everybody gets together. We've seen it in the flash and in, in DC. So it's like, you know, I do think when you're talking about franchises, when you're talking about gigantic long form storytelling, there is, you know, and, and, and there's, there's a balance because Andrew, one of our favorite or our least favorite things is the like, no, don't worry. This is for chapter nine. So we're going to tell seven really boring chapters and then hint at an interesting thing that you wanted from the first moment the first frame started. But then in chapter nine, it's like, no, guess what? You're going to get to chapter two. Everyone's going to say this is boring and then no one's going to care anymore. So you don't want to delay stuff too far. But I also got to feel like, I don't know, by the time that we get to the everybody shows up on Battleworld story, uh, I'm going to have 
already seen everybody. But at, at that point, I'll have seen everything. Doesn't doesn't that just sound like Endgame? Also, <laughs> like put them all in the same movie for six hours. Well, and- but yeah, but at a certain point, I mean, that is the canonical ending of the comic book stories. Like you tell every little story you can possibly tell, and then when the big crossover event happens. That is what you want in a comic book movie. You do want everybody to get together. So I wouldn't want that to be different with your gigantic ending of all these stories. It is the class reunion. But if you also have a million other little class reunions in between, it becomes less less special. Agreed, because it primes you to expect that and you don't get the dopamine rush. Um, And uh, if I can just for five seconds be the guy, you know, uh, according to the comic books, uh, I believe every single Marvel comic pretty much had less than half a page dedicated to uh so anyway that story ended and then the hero got zapped is he dead nobody knows next episode or next chapter of every single one of the ongoing comic books was oh boy that was crazy I hope you get to find out, dear reader, what just happened someday. And so it was literally a secret war. And then Secret War came out, and it's like, well, here's what happened on the inside yeah. that nobody talks about now. Um, not not much of a way to do it when you're just building up all the hype and everyone, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, and also they have a whole other thing in between, an Avengers movie with uh, uh, Kang the anonymous sources rolling stone article oh that's not the the secret king's not the secret no. worst guy no 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 no, no. yeah oh, the king dynasty I'm, I'm is, is in uh-uh. between uh-uh. 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 yeah uh uh the <laughs> Do you, do you know the plot of Secret Wars? In the comic. In the comic? It, it's the scroll, right? And nope. No. no, it's not. It's not the scroll stuff? Nope. There's a separate universe okay. where there's one being who has all the power of a universe. He's called the Beyonder, and he just causes all of the greatest heroes and villains to... He, he cobbles together a planet where uh, you, know, you might have a mountain on a three-acre plot and next to it a grassland, next to it an ocean, and so on. It's Fortnite. Uh, yes. And then, and then uh, they all battle to the end, and, and somebody wins. Uh, but then... Uh, <laughs> the, uh, literally. But you yada, yada, yada through the whole story? Okay. No, no, it's yeah. literally Fortnite. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, yes. it was like, let's do a big team up, but this time instead of them fighting somebody else, they fight each other, and it, then they eventually fight the guy who brought him there. Uh, however... There was Secret Wars 2, which is after that is resolved, Beyonder comes to Earth as a fish out of water, and he's like, hey, humans seemed pretty cool when I summoned them to my planet. I'm a god in living form. Teach me about being human, everyone in each of the Marvel properties. Cute, perfect strangers <laughs> theme song. It, it, was, it was really something. It was amazing. Oh, a uh, 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 Beyonder Bartokamus, you shouldn't eat a taco <laughs> with your feet. That sounds like thin. a comic book. It yeah. sounds thin it sounds for like a story. A <laughs> um, it sounds like a reason to make like a video game. Like, I don't know, make a battle royale video it's, game. It's Fortnite. I mean, I'm sure they will when they eventually do it. Anyway, but but going back to the the Indiana Jones thing, uh, I'm curious. It's got a lot of really, really good talent on it. Uh, and, and I actually, Bryce brought up the Rotten Tomatoes, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, I had, people were talking in my chat uh, on Twitch today that it was like Crystal Skull reviews, but it looks better than that. 67 critics, 88 audience. That's not the first, on the first day. From the, with the audience score. 
All right, uh, how many on the panel are going to go see the, the Dial of Destiny? What, what are you going to not go see it? I'm, uh, probably yeah, I'm, I'm either buying a ticket to complain about it or buying a ticket to enjoy it. I'll find out once the credits roll. Yeah. I probably, or maybe um, I'll find out when the after credit scene shows up. <laughs> uh, Andrew? So, uh, well, uh, about the whole, hey, it's not Crystal Skull, um, go back and look at the Rotten Tomatoes for the critics for Crystal Skull. Oh, really? Was Were they good? Did Crystal Skull get good reviews? 77% certified. Ah! Ah! That movie was Stinko Malinko. And the problem you have to, particularly fan, like, you know, fran- franchise type films, is the first few days, first, week, you know, first four or five days, you cannot trust the audience reviews. Yeah. Because, you know, the person that pays to go see the 12.30 a.m. screening is primed to love a thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 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 yeah. Exhibit A, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Boy, was there a delayed yeah. reaction to assessing that movie. Some people had to see it six times in one summer before they finally figured out that it's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do wonder. I don't know. I really, now, now, now I just, now, I don't know. Now, now I'm thinking about the Phantom Menace. Misa thinking about the Phantom Menace. Uh. <laughs> that was... <laughs> you know, like I, I bought multiple tickets because I was so excited. It was new Star Wars. How could they go wrong? And I remember watching it, and like the first, that first, like the scene where they're like having the delegation, and they're in the cockpit view. Is this? <laughs> and I'm like, how am I bored? I remember. No, no, no. I remember the first time that I was hanging out with you and, and the Phantom Menace had yet to come out and we were talking about how cool Star Wars is and how excited we were for a new Star Wars. And I brought it up and Andrew goes, did you see, I think it was 60 minutes, but it was somewhere where they were like doing like a little preview of it. He's like, did you see the 60 minutes thing? And I'm like, no. He's like, you see Jar Jar? And I'm like, no, I, I didn't. And it's just Andrew just silently shaking his head. <laughs> like, we don't know how much of, uh, of, of him he's in the movie. We don't know how much. We don't know how much. <laughs> he was in it a lot. He was in it a lot. <laughs> I, I, I was an example of somebody trying to convince themselves, you know, that like so hard. I tried to give that so many chances. I just, I remember because like Justin, like I went, went into the classroom and saw Justin there. Uh, wandered onto campus as an adult, as I did. Yeah. Um, and and he's like, Christine, I'm like, yeah, it's, 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 I'm trying to convince myself. It's <laughs> good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Got a little heat. Good. A little heat Yeah. After got a little sleepy watching it, but maybe I was just too excited. Free nap. Free nap. It did come out at midnight, and it was 2.30 so, in the morning by the time I So I was in high school and got a permission slip to go see it twice uh, because I convinced my newspaper class teacher that this was the only time for which I would be able to see it within the three months, and we needed to review it for the paper. And so I literally got a sign-off from everybody so I could skip school and just go see that movie twice. Uh, and when we were there in the morning people who had seen it the night before and slept in their van to see it again the first uh, night were there at the front of the line. And we were like, do you see it? And they're like, yeah. Mm. And we're like, 
Good? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, this, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Misa, no, wanna. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah, do I have any picks? I, I do. Uh, I went and saw, for a second time, uh, I saw Asteroid City. I've seen it twice now. And oh, wow. uh, uh, you know how sometimes you'll see a movie and you'll think, uh, uh, well, that story didn't hold up the second time I watched it. I'm looking at you, Spider-Man, across the universe, uh, or multiverse. Um, but, uh, but here's wonderful news. When there is no story... And it's just pure, undistilled Wes Anderson, this lyrical, gorgeous cinematography, incredible sets, beautiful pastels, an all-star Armageddon cast. Um, it uh, turns out it's exactly good as good the second time around. It's so, so great. Um, the only curious thing is, why is Bill Murray not there? And the answer is he had COVID. During the time, which is why Steve Carell is there, and Steve Carell is oh, very Steve, good. Steve Carell took the took yeah. the Bill Murray role. Yes, uh, of the guy who runs the 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 Motor Coach Hotel or whatever. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great. I'll watch it. A th- I'll watch it on a dare. Uh, if you ever meet me out in the wild, shake my hand and say, "I dare you." You wanna? And I'll say, "Asteroid City," and then we'll go see it again. Look at that! Wow, high, incredibly high praise for a movie with no story. I mean, it is exactly. It's exactly Wes Anderson. God, is it you're, you're damning it with such pain, Frank. Well, I mean, I think I think his his review is if you if you're into that, yes, boy, you're gonna get it. If it's not your bag, then this is a warning. It's either a advertisement or a warning label, yes. <laughs> depending on who you are. Uh, Andrew, you got a pick? My pick is the movie uh, Satya Prem Kikata. Uh, because uh, family worked on it. And even my mother-in-law, you'll see a credit. If you see the movie, you'll see in the credits, she did the desserts. And it's a big movie. Like her company, La Creme, is her, that's her, she makes, she has a candy company, dessert company. So uh, anyhow, um, was very, very neat to see that on the big screen. Very, very proud of my sister-in-law. Very proud of her family. Very proud of everybody who worked on it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Satya yeah. Kikata. Uh, my pick is, uh, no, dude. <laughs> Not to take it into a different direction, but uh, a podcast oh. called uh, The Story of Our Times, which is the podcast, the daily podcast of the Sunday Times of, or the Times of London uh, and the Sunday Times. They did a two part episode about the origins of COVID. And I remain steadfast that this is a conversation that we should not shy away from uh we should not throw up our hands and say well no nobody knows uh it's a very important topic the origins of it are extraordinarily important and have implications going forward and the research that uh was done by two of the writers for the sunday times i think is exceptional and uh my friend manveen rana is the host for it uh but i have very much I, i have like 10 minutes left in the second episode but uh I think it makes an extraordinarily compelling case through not only FOIA information, but also independent research that uh, not only was this an escape from a lab, but the programs that were being used or that were in process to make this uh, have 
very interesting uh, uh, ties to the Chinese military and to American funding, you know, and there's, there's a reason why not a lot of people want to talk about this because it will be very, very embarrassing for a lot of different, very for, important for two of the biggest I'm, superpowers on the planet. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I do not like you spreading this racist misinformation <laughs> when we it was a bunch of Chinese people to fish market. OK, that's the funny thing is we're poised with you're told that, yeah, it was an international screw up that we were involved in is the racist theory. And the non-racist theory is apparently just blaming it on some middle class Chinese people in a food stall. Yeah. Well, and, and that was the other thing that, uh, you know, it, it sometimes helps to just sort of get out of the echo chamber of the conversation back and forth uh, because that can get reductive and, and sort of just take the 40,000 foot view and look at the facts up to and including that uh, Wuhan is thousands of miles away <laughs> from the caves for which we assume that this uh, that this virus originated from, like it's not next door. Thousands, thousands of like miles. The distance away. from Carlsbad Cavern to Orlando, Florida, yeah, is how far away they are. Yeah, that we think China, and we're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's a country. In the same way that a bunch of like people from Europe will be like, oh, I'm coming to America next summer. I'll be in New York. Maybe I'll come see you. <laughs> they land in America. They're like, hi, do you know Doug? Yeah. It's, it's just, it, it, there's, it, we, I don't blame anybody for not having, uh, you know, a great grasp of the, the geography of China, but it was very, very, very far away. And, and for it to be at a food market or at a wet market is its own thing. And anyway, there's, look, don't take my word for it. Hear it yourself. Stories, bah, bah, bah. stories of our times. Stories of our times. Uh, uh, go ahead and, and and listen to it. I think that it is a very sober um, and well researched uh, uh, explanation of some of this. Nice. Uh, I got a pick. Go. Uh, uh, I I talked about this. Maybe this was on, on the Court Killers podcast, but uh, I had a really good time uh, watching a video essay. One of those famous hour plus long essays on on YouTube about uh, myhouse.wad, a, uh, <laughs> a, a seemingly... Oh, my God. Yeah, a, 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 a doom wad. Mm-hmm. A, a seemingly simple uh, mod about a, a person making uh, their house, which ex expands into this much longer, uh, more intricate story. Um, the, the, uh, the essay by Power Pack, I think, is pretty good in terms of kind of putting you first person into like, I'm playing the thing, I'm trying it out, um, without having to get into like, actually solving the very specific things that you have to do um, in the game. Uh, it's cool, there's Shrek in the game, you can kill Shrek. In fact, you have to kill Shrek at one point. <laughs> um, so check it out. Um, uh, similarly, on a, on a similar note, uh, there's also a video of John Romero playing the, the, the mod, uh, and it's great watching him like figure it out and all the little bits that he notices and says, oh, hey, that changed, and it's like a small thing uh, no, you, you maybe wouldn't have noticed. Um, so both of those are very good. I'll have links to those in the show notes. But uh, it's a cool thing, and I think uh, even if you just spend an hour looking at a video about it, I think you'll get a, you'll, that'll, you'll that is get. a valid way to play that mod. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh what, uh, just search for my house dot wad and look for power pack 
Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, uh, or yes, you can do that too. Uh, power P A P A K. Power pack. Cool beans. Gentlemen, it's been weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.